Good Shabbos. Shalom Aleichem. Shabbat Shalom. My chavarim and mishpoche. How are you? How are you all? I really hope life is good. I really do. And if it isn't, I hope you're accepting and at peace with it. Be proactive. I can. I will. Not I wish. I want. Be proactive. Let's get into this episode. I just watched something talking about hedonic adaptation, something that I had learned a lot of when doing Yale's course, The Science of Well-Being by Dr. Lori Santos, a PhD on happiness and well-being, talked all about hedonic adaptation, which again, in summary, real brief, you get used to anything. Specifically, when we add more synthetic joy to our life, the fake stuff, the cars, the house, the experiences, the whatever, we get used to it. And that's hedonic adaptation. Hedonism is pleasure believing and just seeking pleasure <coughs> dogs are pretty hedonistic they don't like feeling bad things right so going off that it is way easier to go up than down in your hedonism for example lifestyle creep you start to drive a car instead of busing and riding bikes you can't live without that car you can't go back down it's a lot harder it's painful actually you extrapolate that as you wish. It could be the food you eat and you're buying. You don't, you're not eating beans and rice anymore. You're buying cool meats. You're buying fancy salads. And, this, and it's hard to go back down. I can't help but reflect in my own personal life here. Because I have neglected a lot. Neglect isn't the right word because I actually enjoy scrimping out and like eating simple foods and doing simple activities and not paying for a lot. I enjoy that, okay? Because it reminds me of my bigger goals and my deeper... Uh, I guess values, morals, principles. It just reminds me of all those things I live for. However, it is so true that when I do eat out, it feels a million times better. When I do go on that nice trip, it feels a million times better than if I always did that. Like here, the food I'm eating, I'm eating cottage cheese right now that I didn't pay for because of my points. And I love that because now when I do go get the really... The other day, I treated myself to a fancy, expensive, in quotations, cottage cheese that was more like a yogurt and it was lemon flavored. And it was like an extra 20 cents per 100 grams. But it was like crack cocaine. It was so good. And I never buy that stuff. And I thought, I'm going to heal my inner child and get something that my mother would never have gotten when I was a kid. When we were a kid, my mom never got the fancy stuff like Yop and all that stuff. You know, and like she got the big bulk things of yogurt. We'd have to scoop it into containers. Anyways, so then moments like that, yeah, I really got nachas out of that. But I, I do enjoy staying frugal and staying on the lower end of all that stuff so that I don't give in to hedonic adaptation. I don't want to give in to that so that things just feel better. And, and I, I could just keep repeating myself forever because I'm not sure if you guys fully understand but I'm not going to. I think you get it. I do this on vacations too. When you scrimp, the contrast feels amazing. If you don't have a shower for a while, the shower feels great. If you don't eat for a while, your meal tastes great. If you don't drink something for a while, the water tastes great. And I'm not saying to just become unhealthy with a lot of this stuff in life, but when you neglect something for a bit and resist or restrict it, the contrast is always worth it in my opinion. Moving on. There was a sign. Uh, for, uh, nope, I already read that to you guys last week. If you... Oh, I already read that too. Okay, there's a man. He's standing under this depression machine. And it's throwing this gross goo out on top of him like rain. 
He's getting soaked and he's pleading, how do I turn it off? And the glowing man, who's clearly the enlightened man or whatever, he says, you can't. Just stop standing under it. And you might be thinking, that's not really realistic. Like what, I I just always have shit in my life? The answer is actually yes. And what this actually says is that life is 10% of what happens to you, 90% how you think about what's happening to you. It's all about mindset. That's what this post is really showing, is that this person can't control the machine dumping that goo, but he can control how he thinks about it, aka removing himself from that situation or stepping out from under it. And I know some people feel trapped. Like I just can't leave the projects. I can't leave my family. I can't leave the scenario I'm in. If you can't leave, you have to change your mindset around it and your beliefs around it. As Eckhart Tolle says, you either change the situation, leave the situation, or accept it. All else is madness. So if you can't leave or change, you've got to accept or at least cope healthily. The only way of getting somewhere is to leave something behind. Remember that. You have to, if I want to go to work today, I have to leave behind my house. I have to leave behind my plants, my food, my fruit. Like literally, if you think about it quite literally, everything you have somewhere, you have to leave behind to go somewhere else. I can bring along my clothing and stuff, but even then, if I, now we get deeper. If I wanted to dress differently, I need to leave my old clothes behind. I cannot wear my old clothes if I want to dress differently take that analogy and extrapolate you can think of a million different examples with that that is it exactly you have to leave things behind you have to empty out a cup of water if you're manifesting orange juice so that when you're at the grocery store and you see orange juice you're gonna buy it because that's a true desire so when you go home you have an empty cup to fill with orange juice because that was your dream that was your goal that was your desire your manifestation if the water's still full of if the cup is still full of water and you go to pour the orange juice in it's not going to be the orange juice you've manifested that you dreamt of. It's going to be gross, watery, and whatever. You have to empty out and leave things behind in order to create the new. It's just how life works. Peace, folks. A mind which doesn't create chaos in its own thoughts. Thinking is not good just for the sake of thinking, people. That is literally depression stems from reminiscing on the past too much. And not being and feeling you can't change that, which you can't, you have to accept it. Anxiety stems from thinking about the future too much and what's out of your control in the future and this and that. Right now is in your control. Who cares about the future? Because it actually doesn't exist. Right now, the thought of the future is a thought right now. So the only thing that does actually truly exist that we can prove exists is the present. Therefore, you can control how you feel in the present by visualizing a scenario in the future that you ideally want. When you visualize this ideal scenario, visualize the emotions and feel that emotion that's an emotion happening right now not in the future but right now sit in that emotion don't be worried because right now you're feeling what you wanted to feel in the future now if you start freaking out oh what if i lose this emotion fantasize feel and rinse and repeat rinse and repeat because the universe will start to bend the universe will start to change to line up with your feeling you have right now if you're always fantasizing visualizing and imagining an ideal future with ideal feelings and you're feeling those feelings 24 7 right now because you brought those feelings into this moment by the by the, the visualization your world has to shape around that it has it's like if i put a rock in the middle of a stream the water has to go around it it just the, It's impossible for the water to go through that rock, except unless it's been 
millions of years and that's where you get mount everest and mountains that the the waters shape the mountain but as of now things have to go around that rock that's just an example and so when you change your internal state by visualizing and then feeling what you're visualizing right now you cannot help but have your life change so that is why when it says here uh, peace is a mind which doesn't create chaos of its own thoughts absolutely that is peace not the good not the bad because when we think we put connotation to the thought you cannot help but put a connotation to your thought take anything so right now i'm thinking i am going to go visit my brother today he's got some free time i put a connotation that's a good thing boom a thought always has some connotation to it the second you start to remove the connotation by saying First off, you could just say, I'm seeing my brother. No connotation. That's it. I'm just seeing him. That is reality. That is what is happening. But in reality, that's not what's happening. I'm forecasting something down the road that I want or whatever. You insert your connotation. The fact of the matter is that I'm visualizing something that's not technically happening now. What is happening now is that thought. That thought along with me observing this table in front of me, the chair I'm sitting in, those are all things happening right this moment that tangibly I can prove. Anything else is not real, and for that reason, it's not peaceful. Don't just think for the sake of thinking. Plan, then act, or observe said thought, and be here. And then, yeah, like I said, sit with the feelings that you want, and you're actually feeling those, like it's reality. Next, ascension is a way of being, not a destination. Now, they're using fancy poetic words, ascension. Really, it's just progress. When we're chugging along, the pursuit, that it's not a destination to be higher up, to say, oh, I've made it. Now that's the destination that I've made it. No, 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 no. The pursuit to making it, it's a way of being. It's, it's not the end to, to be successful, whatever that is for you. That is not an end destination. That is a way of being. This is where, okay, I, I'm so passionate about this because if you start acting the way your avatar you want to be acts. Now think about this. Really think about the words I used. Future you is an avatar. It's not It's not a real person. It's a fake avatar you created in your head. Start listing the attributes and characteristics and behaviors that they possess. Do those. Embody those. Start believing those. Shape your beliefs. You will become the person. So like it says here, that success the ascension the progress that is not a destination of oh i've made it when i start progressing like this or when i start doing this habit i'm I'm successful it's a way of being it's always changing it's always moving it's never stagnant of a destination that stays there no 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 a destination might be one of the kpi so if you have a goal of being a millionaire and that's the destination when i make a million a year well no it's a way of being it's a way of being because to extract that That's a lagging measure. Look at the leading measure. The leading measure is networking, establishing relationships with said networking people, charging the right amount, working a certain amount of hours, sacrificing certain joys for some hard work so you can reach that goal. See what I'm saying? That is a way of being. Sacrifice, networking, establishing relationships, that's a way of being. That is not a destination. The destination to you might be making a millionaire. Really, it's a reflection of who you are. You don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. Remember that. 
oh i love this 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 is so good for me to go through and it's such a good reminder for myself as well but also i love i i hope you all apply this stuff because it's truly life-changing um i've seen my life change because of it as well is what you are living for worth dying for ask yourself that question is what you're living for right now worth dying for would you die for what you stand for that's because you're thinking well if if my life's worth living why would I want, why would I die for it why would I if I want to keep living it it's a very interesting question and it's because now we're getting deep into your morals values principles things that are these legacy producing things that are going to be existing after you're gone that your kids or your grandkids or your niece nephews are going to possess this is a legacy for me absolutely what I live for is worth dying for I live for peace I literally live for peace 24-7. This is what helped. This literally saved my life during really tough times where I didn't want to live anymore. Peace saved me. It gave me hope. Because I, I, it's called philosophical suicide. It's not necessarily the healthiest thing to obsess over death. Because some t- people stop being productive and spreading love and joy and compassion when they do that. But for me, the peace did help me because I became more grateful. I wanted other people to feel this feeling. And that made me fill other people's buckets because my bucket was full of love, tranquility, etc. And I wanted other people to feel that. And when you're overflowing a bucket, you can't help but give that to someone else. Observing the human experience is what I live for. And I will die for that because to die, to me, is to just stay in this peaceful state. And, and the ego right now is putting me in lack, saying, Zev, you have to identify with a peaceful person, and so I'm going to make you thrive, uh, not thrive, I'm going to make you crave, crave peace. And if you don't have peace, then you're gonna, I'm going to make you stress, I'm going to make you hurt others, I'm going to make you feel insecure and fearful, and it's that all this toxicity that creates survival, really. That, I will die for it, because... It will lead to more of the peace. It's simple as that. But then this is where it becomes paradoxical. I can't just say this to you and you fully understand. You'd have to be me to understand. Because for me to observe what I'm saying, it doesn't matter what I'm saying. I could be talking about peace, observance, and saying I live for that and I die for that because it leads me to peace. I could say all this. It's all the same to God. Not Don't think of God as a white guy in the sky. Think of God as the essence. I'll just use the word the essence, the nothingness. You guys have heard me speak. Every week I talk about we are physical and then the opposite is non-physical. We are manifestations of thought. That's a deep concept is we are manifestations of people's thoughts. There is an unmanifested state where that nothing, none of that happens. There's no catalyst for a chain reaction in what we call time, but it's just a construction. So now that you understand that yin yang that I always preach, <clears throat> for me to start saying I would die for peace because I want because death is peaceful and that's really what I want. I am observing that as a human who's trying to survive and needs to cling on to identity and wants and that is and I can observe my my ego putting me in a state of lack in order to survive. Because again, how could I even perceive anything other than that? If I'm and this is where it gets like inception because for the ego to then say Zev <clears throat> the ego sucks. You should want to live a life without ego. And that's what I'm saying. When I say death equals peace, it's like death, there is no ego in death. And so my ego, my self-talk starts identifying as a person that wants that. And because identity keeps us alive, my ego will say, okay, Zev, look for peace everywhere. If you're not getting peace, 
then you're in a bad situation and again all the labeling and fear and insecurity starts again and so uh I truly just observe and accept and to even say that the paradox continues but I think you understand what I'm saying so I don't go in circles here um yeah is that there's no want per se I, I just observe the programming that wants things does that make sense I'm just observing the human experience that is programmed to want stuff and I, I, the paradox never ends as I keep saying this it will just continue 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 so moving on if you don't believe that you're capable of creating your desired life start exploring quantum physics yes you heard that right quantum physics says that nothing can appear in a reality until we draw our attention to it this is absolutely true this is the fundamental idea behind Schrodinger's cat. This is the fundamental idea behind the philosophy that every possible thing you can think of has happened already and will happen again because the universe is infinite. Therefore, it's creating every possible thing our senses can perceive. And, and this is really, really interesting because if you understand Schrodinger's cat, you understand that the reason that even started was when they put a magnifying glass down onto an atom and they saw electrons protons neutrons or whatever they didn't see them because you can't through the human eye but you can measure them and the fact that they didn't even know it was something was there until they measured it but wherever they measured there was something there so what they're saying is reality doesn't exist until you draw your attention to it and because a reality doesn't exist until then that means every other possibility hypothetically does exist because because you could draw your attention to it, you're just not. And that's where Schrodinger's cat, I guess I'll give you a lesson on Schrodinger's cat, is Schrodinger's cat means that there's a cat in a box with a bomb. When you open it up the first time, you see there's a cat in a bomb. That's reality, because you have drawn your attention to a cat in a bomb, so you know they're in there together. They're both, the cat's alive, the bomb hasn't gone off. The bomb blows up, the box still shut, the cat is still alive, and the bomb still hasn't technically gone off because you haven't drawn your attention to that. Now, you could, I guess, argue, okay, you heard the bomb go off, so you drew your attention to that and made the, the assumption that the bomb's off. But because you actually don't know if the cat's dead until you open that box up, that means it, it isn't dead, but just in another universe, or at least we're making the assumption it isn't dead. Because according to the way our atoms work and the neutrons and protons and electrons work, in they are everywhere all the time until you draw your attention to it. And once you draw your attention to it, then we say there is no atom or sorry, there is no electron beside it or to the right or under it. We just say that we measured that one. We can't measure every electron at the same time. So for now, that's where it is and there's nothing around it. But there could be something around it. But it's all hypothetical and because of that could and couldn't, that means absolutely everything is happening and nothing's happening at the same time and that's quantum is when two things are happening at the same time there's no conga line or linear progression like our typical timeline it's very deep stuff i know and so i'll say this quote one more time to wrap it up you heard this right quantum physics says nothing can appear in reality until we draw our attention to it for that exact reason you are capable of creating your desired life does that make sense you are capable of that desired life because you haven't just drawn you haven't drawn your attention yet to the opportunities to give you your desired life. The opportunities are out there, just like electrons that haven't been discovered are out there. Just like a cat that should be blown up but isn't is out there, just we haven't drawn our attention to it. 
It's as simple as attention. It's not that things just pop up in front of us. There's so much unconscious vibration happening. Our atoms are shaking all the time and there's so much. That's how we survived. I said this before. This how we survived was through tribalism. When we strip the layers of tribalism, it is that we unconsciously latch on to other atoms vibrating the same as ours. When we extrapolate that further, we just haven't drawn our attention to the opportunities in our life. Now, unconsciously, maybe we identify too much with this reality, so I don't vibrate with the other. Like, I don't just move to France tomorrow because I identify as a Canadian who's in the fitness industry, and so I don't want to become a French construction worker because I'm not vibrating at that frequency. Maybe let's say I said I wanted to, but unconsciously, I'm still scared of losing this identity unconsciously. Then I could say, "Oh, I want to be that construction worker." Maybe I don't actually mean what I'm saying, and it's an unconscious thing. Otherwise, you would get it if it was a true desire to not just you. We can't just say you the thinker. I'm saying you the cell, you the nervous system, the beyond whatever you call you, like the meat suit that you're observing. That code doesn't actually want to be a construction worker in France. That code to survive, to just be it wants Canada Zev as a personal trainer. That is very deep. That's why our desired life is out there. You're capable of creating it. You just have to somehow change that unconscious thought and the conscious becomes unconscious. However, through repetition, through an emotional moment, you have your emotional state has to be higher than an old one to change the feedback loop, to get into a habit that you don't even think about, hence the unconscious behavior. It can a we only live 80 years so some people will try their best to shape that unconscious behavior and they just won't have enough time to do it but they were on the right track and so there is a version of them out there who lived to 300 years old that could get what they wanted because they had time but in in, in this little avenue of consciousness because I'm not even going to say in our, our reality our four dimensional physical reality because there's other four dimensional physical realities that people live to 300 years old and become an astronaut but zev right now i could start doing what astronauts do i could start changing my being of who i am instead of wanting a destination i could say i'm going to act like an astronaut and then it would slowly lead me to that path but again i only live so long my brain only has so many xyz cells or whatever like there's all these things that I'm on the right track to manifest. There's just other other things beyond beyond me that, that don't allow that. And so you are capable by the way. The capability is key. Capable. Don't I'm not going to say you it's not that you will create your desired life by thinking about it. It's you're capable of it whether the unconscious shit stops you, but just know because of Schrodinger's cat, all it takes is putting your attention. You just have to put your attention towards those opportunities that give you desired life and boom that's what it takes it's very theoretical and it is science but borderline philosophy too so we're at 20 minutes this is a long episode i went off thanks for tuning in i love you all this is so much fun i really hope some of this changed the way you think shabbat shalom good shabbos my mishpoche my chavarim go spread the love oh this is amazing 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 to talk to you guys like this see you later bye